Welcome to another episode of The Zag. Excited to be joined today by Leah from our 2012 class, who no longer lives in LA. She's our first out of LA guest on The Zag. Excited to have her on. Let's get to it. Leah, how are you? Great. How are you doing, Eric? Good. I miss you. When are you coming back to L.A.? I'm coming back to L.A. on October 4th uh, for an event that I am planning called the L.A. Nonprofit Institute. So this is something you started after you left L.A., right? Or is this uh, something pretty recent for you? Yeah. So it's an idea that I had for a while when I was a fellow in NLC Los Angeles I really wanted to start an organization that focused on training individuals in the nonprofit sector. So I launched this organization a few years after I did the fellowship, and we are coming to L.A. to do the L.A. Nonprofit Institute. And sort of our focus within the organization is providing really interactive, deep dive content for nonprofit professionals. So did somebody ask you to do this or were you frustrated in your own nonprofit life and you didn't feel like you were getting developed? How did this idea even come to be? Yeah, so I think it was a little bit of both. I really saw a need for providing training across the country that was very hands-on, that was a deep dive into content, and that was for people who were serving in leadership positions within the nonprofit sector. So not necessarily for entry-level nonprofit professionals. I think that there's great resources out there, but this is for more the seasoned or inter- or seasoned professional or middle management level professional. In my background, I have a master's degree in nonprofit management and a doctorate in organizational leadership and development. And my research area focused on best practices for volunteer-led nonprofits. So I did a lot of research uh, in the nonprofit sector. And then in Southern California, before I launched this, I also did a lot of training uh, at different nonprofit centers in the LA area and served as an adjunct instructor in a couple different masters of nonprofit management programs across the country. So where was the first training conference that you did? Was it in... Denver, where you are now, or somewhere else? So our first one was actually in Los Angeles last year in 2016 in September. And originally, the Nonprofit Learning Lab, our, the organization that I founded, we started primarily doing online training. So we, by doing online training, we could serve nonprofit professionals anywhere. So in rural communities, in you know large cities, and as we grew the number of people who were participating in our online trainings, we then realized, okay, we are getting requests to do in-person trainings. And so we developed a very specific pedagogical approach to our uh, nonprofit institutes. And really, no matter what city you come to for one of our events, you will get the same type of training. So you will always get a very interactive workshop that has content at the intermediate level. So in terms of sessions, what ends up being the most popular? What do you find nonprofit leaders are the weakest at or they want to get the most improvement on? 
Yeah, so I think it really depends in for the community and the type of person that's coming. So when the type of person that is coming to our event, they are a a development director, an executive director, an operations director. The types of workshops that we offer are for anyone working in a nonprofit. So often very popular workshops are workshops on fundraising, digital strategy, communications. However, I will also say that to me, you know, sometimes you might see 35 people or 40 people in a particular workshop. We have four to five workshops happening at a time. So one workshop on fundraising might be very popular. However, we we might have another workshop happening that's on risk management and or HR and leadership development. And while there only may be 20 people in that room, the content is just as important. And so I will say that you know, it's it's always hard to know which workshops are going to be the most popular, but we really try to bring content that people need. And we develop our workshops topics based on the request and data collection that we get from our members and from past program participants. So then as you expand this out to other cities, how do you even get something like this off the ground in a place where you might not have as deep of roots as you do in Los Angeles? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. So I think that what really allowed us to expand so rapidly was that we built a significant list of program participants through our online training. So we actually have uh, in our database that we email weekly 50,000 nonprofit professionals from all 50 states. And the way that we built that list so rapidly, just being around for a couple years, was really through our online training, uh, providing resources and trainings that were affordable, providing a lot of free resources. And we choose our cities based on, you know, relationships that we have with organizations. You know, for example, we, I, I serve on, uh, is the founder of the Colorado chapter for NLC. And so I'm able through being a volunteer in NLC to connect with other NLC leaders across the country. And so oftentimes we will actually do a nonprofit institute um, in a city where NLC exists. And I think that's also, you know, looking back to the fact that I was a fellow in Los Angeles in 2012. And even though I no longer live in LA, I think the network has benefited me so much because NLC is a national organization. Nice. Uh, When we come back, I want to ask Leah about starting that Colorado chapter of NLC and also get her take on what it's like to live in in a state not quite as progressive as ours. We'll be back. You're listening to The Zag. All right, Leah, how hard was it to start NLC Denver at the time, which is now NLC Colorado? Was it you solo or were there already progressive people there who were wanting to do it? So it was mostly me solo. I moved to Denver in March of 2015 
And I contacted the staff of NLC and said that I wanted to start a chapter. And at the time, they didn't have as many processes put in place to start new chapters. So it was really me sort of on the ground meeting with people in the community that were progressive and hosting, you know, welcome meetings at my house and gathering together people that I thought could be potential board members. And then, you know, really working to recruit a future cohort. You know, we started on the ground creating the NLC chapter in the summer and then recruitment started, you know, a few weeks later for the 2016 cohort. And I think that what's really great about Colorado is as I started to get the word out that we were starting a chapter in Denver, Denver is a hot city right now. Everybody's moving to Denver. So people found out that I was starting a chapter and then alumni reached out to me who had didn't who had done the NLC chapter in other cities and said, "Oh, I would like to help support you." So as I was building it out, I got connected with alum from other cities who helped with recruitment, who helped with selections. And so that was incredibly helpful especially during that, you know, year before we didn't we hadn't had a cohort. And now we have an amazing board of NLC alumni um, helping lead the chapter here in Colorado. I think what's interesting talking to people in other chapters is to ask questions, try to get a sense of what the chapter's fellows are like. I know in, in LA, when we started, what happens in the early chapters tends to get baked into the DNA. So I think we're a little more education, nonprofit uh, heavy than say other chapters that might be more, political and might have more people working in elected offices or those kind of things. Do you sense yet that you have an identity for what your your chapter is and who most of your fellows are, or you're still kind of finding your way? No, I think that we do have a little bit of an identity and we are really trying to expand that. And I always sort of give, because I was a fellow in LA, I always sort of joke and give the example of we can't get into, we can't have our fellows represent one specific sector too much. So we're really trying to expand and get folks in the tech industry. We're really trying to get folks in the pot and, you know, the marijuana industry, because I think it's really important that your fellows really represent the community where you live. So, you know, education's huge in Los Angeles, but so is the entertainment industry. Whereas I feel like in another city, you're not going to have such a large representation from people in the entertainment industry. Uh, but you know, it's, it's also hard because I've always worked in the nonprofit sector. So the first year in Denver, most of our participants were in were from the nonprofit sector. And now we're really trying to expand. We're also really trying to make sure that we're being aware of, you know, education levels and backgrounds in terms of work experiences. So we don't want uh, our chapter to be seen as this elitist group. We really want to make sure that we are giving training opportunities to individuals that haven't, haven't always been represented in certain power structures. So, you know, we're really trying to spread the word as much as possible to every person in the front range area. And then obviously you don't speak for all progressives, but what do you feel like is a progressive stance these days on the marijuana industry being so close to it in your state 
are progressives supposed to be super supportive? Are they supposed to be about regulation? Like what is the description or what's the actual tenor and feel of how people are approaching that, that new industry? You know, that is a great question and I don't work in the industry, but personally, I believe that it creates a lot of creativity, right? Because you have this industry that is just starting and they have to be creative because they're working under these confines you know, that other industries aren't. So I think it breeds a lot of creativity. Uh, and so it might bring, you know, very entrepreneurial individuals into the sector. It is definitely not my area of expertise. Uh, and, and I will say that I, so we have a gubernatorial race uh, coming up next year in Colorado. And I think that individuals that are, you know, running elections, I think they have to be really supportive of the industry because it creates so many jobs. And and I will say that folks who might not slant progressive, they do say, and this is a term that I've heard, um, that they support um, Colorado being a laboratory for democracy and creativity. So that's sort of their way of supporting it. So then, in, yeah, in terms of the jobs that are created, what type of jobs happen in the industry? Is it more minimum wage type jobs or is it mid-level jobs? What what ends up being created? Yeah, that is a great question that I don't feel like I necessarily have the expertise to answer. But I will say that things that I've seen just from fellows is, you know, obviously there's like marketing and branding that obviously comes along with starting a new business. There's, you know, sort of that the banking industry that comes along with starting a new business. And I think that there are a lot of jobs that come along with the industry that are adjacent to it. Makes sense. Uh, when we come back, one final set of questions for Leah about her really cool kids and being a cool mom. Stick around. You're listening to The Zag. All right, Leah. How many, how many kids do you have in that house of yours? Yeah, so I have two kids. One is they? so one is a year and a half, and the other is five. And I always sort of joke that somehow my NLC experience revolves around having kids. So, <laughs> and that so the joke is, well, when I was a fellow, I was pregnant with my first. Uh, and then when I launched my first chapter, when I launched the Colorado chapter, I was pregnant with my second child and I planned, literally planned the institute dates around the birth, like the due date of my second child. I like that. So. Very, very committed. Is there a, yes, a third or fourth or fifth kid in the, in the works? No, so there can be more, more chapters in the state? No, definitely not. No more, no more. And then with your five-year-old, kindergarten started this year or your yeah so kindergarten started this year uh in mid-august so he's been in school for a month now so far so good yeah so far so good i i really admire uh public school teachers now that i have a child uh in kindergarten and then when you think about raising a progressive kid what kind of things do you see yourself doing to make sure you're kiddos don't end up in the conservative movement somehow? Yeah, that's a great question. I think that a lot of it is having conversations with your 
child and talking about issues and really sort of explaining to them, you know, why you have a set of beliefs and really exposing them to people that are different from them and also surrounding yourself with community members that are also progressive. Uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm Jewish and one of the things that I thought a lot about was uh, raising our kids in a Jewish community that is very progressive and rooted in social justice. And so, you know, I think it's it's really important whenever I'm making decisions that impact my family and impact their exposure to new ideas that it is rooted in progressive values and social justice ideas. Makes sense. Uh, Leah, thanks for joining us. Uh, with a little bit of time left. Give me one more plug for your institute that's coming up in LA. Are there still spots available? Can people still sign up? Yeah, absolutely. There's definitely openings. And I think that our LA uh, nonprofit institute is great for anyone who is an executive director, a development director, an operations director. If you're really looking for a one-day event that's interactive, that's a deep dive into content, and it's also a great opportunity to connect with other local LA nonprofit leaders. And so where can they go to find more information about how to... to join you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, information's on our website at uh, www.nonprofitlearninglab.org slash Los Angeles. Uh, so all the information is right there. You can also email us at info at nonprofitlearninglab.org. Yeah, definitely sign up. Definitely be there. And if you're picking sessions, definitely pick the one by Eric so about how to be a facilitation master. I'm sure you'll be there, right, Leah, taking notes? Absolutely, because Eric is a great facilitator, which was one of the reasons I always say this, which is why I absolutely loved the NLC experience in Los Angeles, in large part due to Eric's ability to really facilitate a room of great community leaders. That's a great way to end, and I paid you to say that, so thanks for saying it. Thanks for listening to The Zag. You can check out the rest of our seven episodes that are now up on iTunes, or you can download the free app Podomatic and check us out there. Thanks for listening, and hopefully we'll see you in a little bit at Leah's event. Take care.